0: It's show 35 of the RIM Pro Report. Today, Sarah Bowden Carr, CEO of Earth Class Mail. And you know, as always, we'll take a look at the latest industry news. The RIM Pro Report is exclusively sponsored by our good friends over at O'Neill Software. You know, O'Neill is celebrating 30 years of commitment to lead the RIM service industry. And get this, their software is installed in over 1,000 record centers in more than 78 countries, ranging from brand new startups to multinational corporations. If you're looking for software for your RIM business, no matter where you are, check out O'Neill Software, O'NeillSoft.com.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to my underground lair. I have gathered here before me the world's deadliest assassins.
0: Well, that... It's gonna mean a great show. Welcome to the Rim Rim
2: Rim R- R- Pro Reports, the one and only weekly broadcast for the Rim Support Services industry. Bustling with news, views. Here's what I believe, and the latest
3: updates.
1: That's The show is full of interesting information,
2: stories. Yes.
1: Important product and service reviews. Yes.
2: And a cast of industry characters included. Yes!
1: <laughs> Record center operators.
2: Shred and destruction vendors.
1: Media and electronic vaulters.
2: Scanners and imaging providers.
0: Take note, this show is for you.
2: Now here's your host,
3: Tom Adams.
0: Yep, we're back. It's uh, the 21st of April and well, what a good week. Uh, I actually got a little bit older this week. I celebrated my birthday this week. Yeah, I know. Thank you. We've even got banjos in the studio now. And, uh, yes, thank you. Turn them off. I really can't stand them. Uh, but, you know, you didn't have to, uh, you didn't have to say, but thanks for playing that song anyways. You know, I'm feeling kind of old this birthday. I'm not sure why. It just feels older this time.
1: Frickin' evil doctor for 30 frickin' years, okay?
0: Oh, okay well it sounds like Dr. Evil's in the house today welcome to the show Dr. Evil I know you're a sworn ar- ar- archenemy of uh, the infamous Austin Powers the international man of mystery I am not quite sure how you made it into my studio today so, so what's up with you?
1: Back in the 60's I mm-hmm. developed a weather changing machine which was in essence a sophisticated heat beam which we called a laser wow using these
0: Lasers.
1: Right. We punch a hole in the protective layer around the world, which we call the ozone layer.
0: The ozone. Yeah. No
1: Slowly bit. but surely, ultraviolet rays would pour in, increasing the risk of skin cancer that is, unless the world pays us a hefty
0: ransom. Well, um, okay. It seems to me that's already happening, and I am not sure the world is willing to pay you for that. And, um, seems kind of crazy. It's quite a bizarre plan on your part. Uh, but you are Dr. Evil, so do you have any other evil plans up your sleeve?
1: You know, I have one simple request. Yeah. And that is to have sharks with freaking laser beams attached to their heads. <laughs> now, evidently, my cycloptic colleague informs me that that can't be done. Uh, Can you remind me what I pay you people for? Honestly, throw me a bone here. What do we have?
0: Uh, sharks? Sharks with lasers attached to their head? Your grandiose plans seem a little all diluted there, Mr. Evil.
1: Dr. Evil. I didn't spend six years in evil medical school to be called Mr. Thank you very much.
0: Well, so sorry about that, uh, Dr. Evil. Let me tell you what we're going to do today on this show. I, I feel like we're getting off course here. I don't know if you recall, but last week I talked about a company during the news segment called Earth Class Mail. Well, you know what? This week I tracked down the CEO of that company and as luck would have it, Sarah Bowden Carr will be joining us shortly on the line to talk about Earth Class Mail. But, you know, before we do that, as usual every week... Shh,
1: even before you start. What? That was a preemptive sh- Why? Just know I have a whole bag of shh with your name on
0: it. What, what are you doing? Trying to take over my show? Am I going to need to get evil
1: on you? You're quasi-evil. You're semi-evil. You're the margarine of evil. Huh? You're the Diet Coke of evil. Just one calorie, not evil enough.
0: You know, I am seriously starting to wonder if I should leave my show open to you so-called celebrities. I love the other guests I get on my show, but I'm seriously starting to wonder about you drop-in types.
1: Talk to the hand because the face don't want to hear it anymore. Uh,
0: Let's cut to the news. This is getting so annoying. Uh, thank you?
3: Uh,
0: I'm not sure who you were talking to or why you need the silence, but uh, I guess thank you nonetheless. So, the news. Well, wow. Interesting week at Iron Mountain. on th- Last Thursday, actually, after the show went live, after we uh, we... We went live with the show. Of, of course, it happened just after we went live. <laughs> Chairman Richard Reese uh, was called in to return to the chief executive post to replace Bob Brennan, who would be stepping down from the old I.M. and uh, also leaving the board of directors. This leadership change came in response to uh, the pressure Elliott Management Corp. that had stepped up its month long campaign to convince Iron Mountain to convert the company to a real estate investment trust. And it was an option the company rejected after the review, and it cited tax hurdles and operational complexities. And I'm sure if you're in this industry, you're watching this. So uh, Richard Reese is moving back into the leadership role, um, and he's been around a long time. I mean, he's he's an institution, and it seemed that uh, that sort of buoyed things for the company. So, uh, But, you know, been an interesting week with them there.
1: Let this be a reminder to you all that this organization will not tolerate failure.
0: Well, Dr. Evil I don't think it's as simple as that one. It's, you know, the complexity of, of a, a, a publicly traded company. Well, things happen. Hey, and so Tuesday of this week, Iron Mountain announced a comprehensive strategic plan to enhance stockholder value. And in addition to that, the company reached an agreement with the Elliott Management Corporation to support one of Elliott's nominees, uh, which Elliott was... Trying to put four new ones, but they've, uh, I guess, come up with the agreement to support one of them at the 2011 annual meeting of stockholders and to add another independent director following the meeting. You know some of the other specifics that Iron Mountain announced this week, earlier this week, actually on my birthday, exploring strategic alternatives for the digital business, and rumor has it that might be on the way out. Uh, they committed to total stockholder payouts of approximately 2.2 billion through 2013. Approximately 1.2 billion will be returned to stockholders within the next 12 months through a combination of share repurchases and dividends. And, uh, you know, they're also talking about sustaining its leadership in the North American business portfolio, but also significantly improving its international portfolio. And I'm, it's going to be interesting to see how that all pans out because that was one of the issues that the Elliott Management Corporation had. And they're also forming a special committee to evaluate the financing capital and tax strategies, including conversion to a REIT. Uh, So that is, uh, you know, um, keeping our eye on that one because that's an interesting thing that continues to evolve. Hey, as always, we like to talk about acquisitions and Restore, which is a rim service company headquartered just south of London, England, acquired the business and assets of Sargent's Logistics Limited and Sargent's Archive Limited. Sargent's is a records management and office relocation business based in Belvedere, which is in southeast London, uh, this acquisition will increase the size of Restore's document storage division, as well as uh, pulling the company into the office relocation market. Sargent's was actually founded in 1989, and it's a integrated service for relocation and storage needs of business, predominantly in the London, UK area. Apparently, it employs about 65 staff, so it looks like uh, Charles Skinner, the chief executive of Restore, indicated that the acquisition provided them an entry into the office relocation business, which to them is a logical extension of their document storage business. Uh, He said it requires broadly similar skills and has an identical channel to market. So very interesting. Another big acquisition. Look at this one. Another one. CS Identity Corp., an Austin, Texas-based company that provides wholesale identity theft protection and fraud detection solutions, has just completed its acquisition of Identity Truth based in Waltham, Mass., According to the CSI Identity release, the acquisition complements its product and service offerings by adding the identity truth technology and analytics to the product set. Here are some of the services that they acquired in the acquisition. Identity monitoring of credit and non-credit reports, scores and alerts, security breach services ranging from discovery to resolution, Identity theft restoration services, including limited power of attorney. They also got end-to-end private labeling, identity theft protection platform solutions, and uh, this other thing called Voice Verified, which is a patented voice biometric identity verification system. So that's all very interesting. And look at this one. Uh, As always, I don't think we can go a week on this show without these kind of reports. A BP laptop computer containing the private information of around 13,000 individuals who filed oil-related claims after last year's oil spill in the Gulf has been lost, according to the oil giant. The laptop contained names, addresses, phone numbers, dates and birth, dates of birth, and social security numbers for those who filed claims related to last year's Deepwater Horizon spill. Uh, BP spokesman Tom Mueller said in a written statement that there seemed to be no evidence that the laptop or data was targeted or that anyone's personal data has in fact been compromised or accessed in any way. So they've actually sent written notices to the individuals impacted by this event to inform them about the loss of that data and to offer free credit monitoring service to help protect their personal information
1: that makes me angry and when dr evil gets angry mr bigglesworth gets upset and when mr bigglesworth gets upset people die
0: oh oh come on dr evil you know uh, I didn't even know you had a cat in here, but you're just getting a little little crazy. Hey, if you're selling or trying to sell electronic health records, you need to be reading John Halemka's blog. His blog is titled Life as a Healthcare CIO. I'm actually gonna put a link to that blog on the rimproreport.com website. John is the CIO of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center. He's also the chief information officer at Harvard Medical School, chairman of the New England Healthcare Exchange Network, chair of the U.S. Healthcare Information Technology Standards Panel, you know, and the list goes on. This guy's connected. He's managing some pretty significant healthcare budgets and uh, last week in a blog posting which followed up a speech that he gave, he had an incredible valuable post about the cost of storing data related to patient records. His major point is that storage costs per patient to retain their digital data is really insignificant. He suggests that the cost per patient is 42 cents for the first 15 years of text-based data storage and a buck 89 for the first 7 years of image-based data storage. You know what? I think ultimately you should read it. I'll post the link as I said. If you are selling EHR solutions, to the healthcare vertical you have to know your numbers and this guy is definitely worth reading so check him out hey one of our own mike sullivan uh, state college pa uh, owner of automated record centers and shred plus uh, guest and friend of the show well you know what uh off the beaten track not in terms of rim but he's one of ours so he ran the boston marathon this week on monday and finished uh, three hours and 18 minutes away to go mike hey and just in case any of you are wondering it's only eight days till the royal wedding i thought you should know hey that's it for the news you know what i'm gonna go get sarah Bowden Carr and see if i can get her on the line and we'll be right back to talk to her I am pleased to welcome to the RIMPRO Report today Sarah Bowden-Karr, Carr, is the CEO of Earth Class Mail, which is located in Beaverton, Oregon. Sarah, are you on the line? I am. It's a pleasure to have you here. Sarah, what on earth is Earth Class Mail? Tell me what (laughs) it is you guys do.
2: Sure. At Earth Class Mail, we provide logistic solutions for small businesses and individuals around things that come to them in inbound postal mail.
0: Okay, so how does that all work?
2: Sure. Well, what happens is one of our customers will select one of our 27 addresses around the country, and and we have a variety of addresses. Some of them are P.O. boxes. Yeah. Some of them are P.O. boxes, With a little bit faster processing, and we have street addresses. Some of those street addresses you can get everything delivered, including uh, registered and accountable mail, and some of them you can get just USPS parcels. So we have this great grid on the website, and you pick the address that works for you. Yeah. And then you, and this is very important, you don't put a global forward on your mail, you actually tell the people or institutions that you want. To tell that this is now your address. So most people don't use this 100% for everything for their business or um, their personal use, unless they're out of the country. They divert particular mail streams to us.
3: Got it. Then
2: we scan the outside of the envelope or package, and we have an online user interface. It's password protected and secured. We send you a notice in the email that says you've got mail and a picture of the uh, outside of the envelope, okay. and you log in through that email, and um, you tell us what to do, shred it or recycle it, open it and scan it, forward it, hold it and store it, anything that you want. And so um, what we find is people like to manage what comes to them online, and our, our slogan is, you make the choices, we do the work. Because in the back of all of this, it's not really digital. There's a lot of hard work around physical things. But we create a digital experience for the user.
0: Right, which is where many of the users are living. So they're living online, they're living in front of their computers, but you're actually doing the physical work that they would uh, necessarily or they don't want to do, they would necessarily do themselves, but you're taking that away. So uh, are you doing this primarily for individuals, or is this more a business play?
2: It's about a 50-50 split. Um, Most of the small businesses are uh, located in the U.S., and a lot of our individuals are located outside the U.S. um, for whatever reason they would like to have an address in the
0: U.S. Got it. So you provide the physical address for them, for individuals, but you're. it sounds to me, and looking on your website, it sounds to me like you're also receiving mail on behalf of uh, smaller business owners, operators who that's just an additional time suck on them or they don't have the staffing for it, and you look after that for them.
2: Right, and actually for the small businesses, it's much more than just receipt of the mail. We're actually integrated into their workflow. So, for example, property managers will instruct their tenants to send their rent checks to one of our P.O. boxes. We'll deposit the checks for them, as well as send them a scan of the check itself and any correspondence that comes. Small law firms are using us. For example, we have one customer that's a patent attorney, and they use our address as the return address for all of the filings and correspondence from the U.S. Patent Office. So effectively, we're their in-house scanning shop, and we do it for much less then it would cost either billable time of an attorney or a paralegal or to send that stuff outside uh, you know to a separate service
0: Wow, very cool. so tell me about the genesis of earth class mail what was the uh, and I know you weren't necessarily there when it was conceived, but uh, what what was the genesis of all this how did it how did it come to be
2: sure the story that was told uh, that our founder uh, told was that basically he had a very long driveway in Portland, Oregon, and he didn't like to walk down that driveway in the ice and cold to go and check what was in the mail. And he thought, wouldn't it be wonderful if there was a way that I could get a picture of what was in my mailbox and know whether or not it was worthwhile to go down and get the mail. And as you can tell, we've certainly evolved to something very different, but that was the original premise of what this was going to all be all
0: about. Well, that is so cool because, I mean, I'm from Canada and I grew up on the farm and uh, in the farm in Canada, you would get a significant amount of snow and this is the perfect solution.
3: <laughs> so it's kind of <laughs> uh, businesses
0: <laughs> are born out of a problem, a predicament or a pain that somebody experiences and goes and does something about it. So uh, so that led into um, the development of Earth Class Mail and the evolution of that, but... Um, before we get to sort of next steps, tell me a bit of your story, because as the CEO of this company now, you've, I, I looked a little bit into your, your background. It looks like you've, you've had your share of experiences as well.
2: Yes. Um, basically, at this point, I call myself a, um, a remedial or turnaround uh, CEO. So I'm usually brought into a company when either um, technology or something that's happened in the marketplace has shifted enough that there's all of a sudden a unique opportunity that needs to be capitalized very quickly, or a company with a great business premise has hit the wall and can't really figure out how to get to that next step of either accelerated growth or profitability. I come in, you know, I I have the alternative of doing it as a consultant, but I I much prefer actually taking full accountability as either chief operating officer, president, CEO, and um, rapidly diagnose uh, through root cause analysis. And then since I've had basically, when when you're this old at this point, you can say you've had every job in the company. I know (laughs) if there is a marketing, it's a sales, it's it's a technology uh, problem, and go after it and hopefully fix it.
0: And so it seems to me like you came into, uh, and I know we didn't touch on much of where you've been, but it looks like you've been in a lot of places and it sounds like that's what you've been called on to do. But in this case, you came into Earth Class Mail kind of in that business survival specialist mode. You had to fix this company. What what were some of the indicators around that? What, uh, And again, this is not a consumer-based show. This is to you know other people who are CEOs and owners of companies just like yours, slightly different focus. But you know, we're, we're all kind of trying to figure out these business things together. So what, what was the sort of the process that you had to engage when you got there?
2: Sure. With what um, you
0: can share, of course.
2: Of course. Um, you know, as, as anyone with either, you know, VC or angel backing or frankly bootstrapped will understand is there's only so much cash and only so much time. Right. So we were spending far too much money um, in a very unfocused way. So the first thing I did... Was basically look at all the places that we were spending money, and cut it back as fast and as much as I could. Second, then took a look at the market. After I bought us a little bit of breathing room, that we weren't going to run out of cash in three months, and we had a, a market that shifted underneath us very rapidly. If you think about yourself, both from a personal as well as in a business standpoint, you know, think about it this how important is what comes in the mail really to you couldn't you wait one week two weeks three weeks to actually see what's come in the mail and that shifted you've heard that with USPS and the you know unanticipated decline in the mail everybody expected it to decline not at the percentage that it has and so as important first-class mail has declined the percentage of your mail that is unwanted mail direct advertising uh, um, you know, unaddressed third-class mail has increased. Therefore, at an individual consumer level, people's willingness, so back to that, are a million people in the United States or Canada willing to pay 20 to $30 a month to, to not have to walk down in that snowy road right. to see what's in their mail? Actually, no, what they're willing to do instead is do it once a week. And so we had to quickly shift the market, hence the change to small business. If you go back to some of our earlier, uh, you know, four years ago, our earlier marketing, it was all around RVers and snowbirds and uh, people who traveled. And now it's around small business and workflow because I needed to find a market where what came in inbound mail was still important. And right. to me, important means saving money or making money. Right. And so hence the shift to small business. And so... That's what I did. Shifted the market, shifted the messaging, complete rewrite of our logo, our website, our our all, and then redefined our product um, in line with what that market needed.
0: So, as I've said, this is an industry show, and it's not a consumer show. So, tell me about some of the sort of technology back end. You you talk about scanning. You talk about image hosting. You talk about shredding. You talk about rec, you know storage of confidential documents for clients. You talk about actually you actually do business deposit or deposits check deposit. It looks like um, there's a, there's a whole lot of secure stuff that's in your world. There's a whole lot of technology. So, um, tell tell me a little bit about you know, the back end of your business. Do you have your own shredding equipment? Are you r- running your own scan shop? Um, t- tell me some of those things that you're doing as as you feel sure. able to.
2: We, we have um, five mail processing centers, the largest one in Beaverton, Oregon. We are running our own scanning, and it, it's, you know, it's very manual. I mean, that's the other problem with this business is there's bricks oh, yeah. and mortar, and there's people. Oh, yeah. um, so we do have a, a software platform that basically, as we... we a barcode label on the envelope, we scan that envelope in, we have an image server that holds those images, we quote, deliver it to an account, which basically assigns that barcoded image to an owner, and thereafter, when the customer clicks on one of those buttons and tells us what to do, it creates a work order. Uh We we use a third party for recycling, we use a third party for secure shredding, they come and pick up, um, we do store parcels, we do store mail. Uh, and uh, as they say, the, the back-end technology platform creates that work order, and the operator has to punch in, uh, effectively with a, with a you know swipe card. Yeah, so yeah. that we have custody over both that physical piece of mail and the image throughout the entire process until the customer either tells us to dispose of it or send it to them.
0: So you're you're not necessarily. Uh holding documents extremely long-term, this might be for 60, 90, 120 days, potentially uh, potentially longer, but you're not in a sort of seven-year or 10-year cycle with this storage stuff. It, well, the
2: company's only six years old. So... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but okay. yet, actually, we have many small businesses that pay us uh, per envelope or per pound for parcel, um, and we are their, uh, their, their filing cabinet. And so um, we have wow. people who have... Stored with the bus in excess of two years. That's about that's about as long as I can probably tell you.
0: Well, no, it's just, and that's why it's interesting to me because many of the the companies who listen to this show are legitimately in the storage business and have a million boxes of files in their buildings or uh, are scanning, you know, large corporate stuff. And th- this is that's why this play, you know, your Earth Class Mail company was so intriguing to me because there's so many pieces that align. Except you've got a very different focus. You're doing such a cool thing in a very different way so um, hence hence the real you know the interest in it.
2: Yes and people do and one of the things that we are able to do because there is that persistent link between the physical and the digital you know it takes us all of about two minutes to go back and locate um, one single document that that customer has asked us to retrieve and two years later, three years later, four years later we can send them back the hard copy if they
0: that's very cool so what are some of the challenges i I know you've talked about the 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 earth always moving under your feet and trying to that that's how you kind of came into the business but what are some of the ongoing challenges you face in this whole um you know concept that you're you're continuing to roll out and to improve and grow what are some of the challenges you face as ceo and and in getting this thing into the marketplace
2: sure and, you know, as I say, the, back to the you make the choices, we do the work. This is a very labor-intensive business. Right. Also, to the extent that we open more street addresses, which are probably the most popular uh, way to go, people will get P.O. boxes, but a lot of our folks want to be able to do uh, online shopping and get all sorts of parcels. Uh, you, know, you need real estate. You need people. You need equipment. So this is a very difficult company to scale, because you have to get critical mass in a physical location in order to justify putting down that level of infrastructure in that location. And when you have customers that are signing up from all over the world, um, you know, getting enough people that want Baltimore, Maryland, or Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, you can't anticipate that. And so it's very chicken and egg where we might open up new addresses. And also this this continued decline of the importance of inbound postal mail has taken us into far more of a focus around parcels. And you'll see that we had just launched in January a new mail-forwarding-only product where we don't even offer the opening and scanning of your mail because that's a very expensive component, and I pass along the savings. If you tell me you're only going to ever want it batched up and forwarded to you or shredded or recycled, I pass along those anticipated labor savings, and you're also just picking my Beaverton, Oregon address where I have a lot of scale. So we're playing with trade-offs in our product offering to try to bring more customers to us in places that we have scale and pass along those cost-savings opportunities to the customers.
0: Hmm. That's very interesting. Uh, Because you're you're doing it on a global scale. Most of the people within... Um, within the what I would consider the records and information management world, at least the, the, the apart from the big monster players like Iron Mountain and Recall and Shred It and those kind, they very much deal the local level. You're, you're doing things at a very national level in terms of picking out where the location should be, and I noticed you, you said 25? Is it 25 27. or 27? So you're this is a constant evolution for you is where's our next location going to be?
2: Correct, and you hit the nail on the head. Um, The other players in this business are either local, where they can drive vans around and pick up documents,
3: right, and
2: you know do the scanning, or national, where the customers are asked to make a lot of choices that are basically the way the company wants to do it, not the customer. Right. We are bridging that gap, so. You know, one of the things that you'll also see on both our blog, as well as in a lot of things on the website, we're not the least expensive. Yeah. We're, you know, a premium priced service for people that either the physical address is important, or live customer service is important, or choice is important. And as we all know, being in business, choice is expensive to provide. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. We've taken the um, the approach that we're going to be the high priced, high value, high flexibility service offering in the marketplace,
0: which always costs money.
3: Yes,
2: <laughs> it, it does. It does.
0: It just it's it's part of the deal, and I I think so much in a commoditized environment there is always a tendency to get pulled to the bottom, and the reality is the the. Winning happens when you're at the top, and that's that's where really great results happen. So tell me a little bit about your your marketing process. I, you know, I I know that you have this whole online facility, obviously, because that's really where you um, you express yourself. But you you know, to build a small business client base, uh, smaller business client base, I can only assume you've got to be doing more than just online simple marketing
2: no actually we 're doing online simple marketing um, at this price point it, as a CEO when I 've looked at other businesses and tried to understand how to structure customer acquisition, yeah, I usually look at the price point and the average lifetime value of a customer right and at this price point and this lifetime value, really, I can only afford to acquire these customers on the web. so we do a lot of PR, so thank you very much for uh, <laughs> inviting welcome. me to talk to you today. Um, we do um, search engine optimization, and yeah. we do pay-per-click, and really we in, we acquire our entire customer base through the web.
0: Wow, very impressive. I, I I wouldn't have guessed that you were living online as your only marketing media. Very cool.
2: It's tough, but it's the only <laughs> way we go. But so look out in the near future, and I have an incredibly versatile uh, team. If you happen to notice on the website, um, there's a product demo. We have an interesting conundrum in online web marketing in that a lot of products you can offer a freemium. You can offer a 30-day free trial. Right. You really can't with Earth Class Mail because if no. you think about it, You're someone right. has to make a choice to change an address, notify a sender. So what we did was we created the demo and test drive. My in-house team, we shot the production. I started in it. We're also going to be doing a couple of commercials, and we're going to be putting those out um, it into and we're shooting them themselves. We're renting the cameras. I'm very fortunate that we have some talented uh, folks on the team that actually went to film school and did some directing. And so, you know, we, we try to cut corners wherever possible, but we, we take advantage of the web today. And really for, you know, those other small businesses out there to understand that for very little money, um, you can get cable TV placement on very good networks with very good time slots, and so that will be the thing we're going to try next is um, actual uh, TV promotion.
0: Very cool. Well, it's 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 such a, a compelling and interesting concept, and I can only imagine based on a little bit of reading that I've done about you, you've you've uh, you're you're working it good, and uh, I'm quite impressed. So very cool. Hey, uh, I always have questions i ask my guests on the show kind of off the off the cuff and a little bit off the wall sometimes but they're just you know to understand you a little bit better and so if you don't mind me asking them they're they're my rimpro report questions
2: not at all
0: all right so what is your perfect vehicle
2: a carbon fiber
0: bicycle wow <laughs> you definitely are from the west coast
2: <laughs> i'm from the east but i've become an avid cyclist
0: way to go Um, Stumptown coffee. Yes or no? No. No? You're not a Stumptown coffee person?
2: No. And I'm a Tully's. I'm not a Starbucks person.
0: (laughs) Wow. Okay. That wasn't normally in my questions, but it's, it's hard not to ask that if you're, you're from Oregon. (laughs) Uh, if you had a profession other than the one you've chosen or you are in right now, what would you have liked to have attempted
2: to be an industrial engineer.
0: Wow, that's interesting.
2: It's kind of what I do anyway. Yeah. But I think I probably get paid more for it than industrial engineers, so I probably would never make any other choice.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, if you could have lunch with just one person you've never met but greatly admire, who would it be? Howard Schultz. From Starbucks. Hmm. All right. And finally, you know that many of us, as we progress in life, and I'm well into my my later 40s, uh, the, the bucket list of 100 things we want to do in our lifetime starts becoming more evident to us. Uh, if you have that bucket list, what's your current priority?
2: More travel.
0: Yeah? to Anywhere, yeah, to anywhere that up. specifically?
2: Oh, I, you know, I have that list of Machu Picchu. I mean, I've been to the Taj Mahal, but there's that list of... Kind of those amazing adventure places, and there's about six of them left that I haven't seen yet. So I think Machu Picchu and the Galapagos are probably the next ones I hope to get to.
0: Very cool, Sarah. It has been a pleasure. I am I, I am um, so impressed with Earth Class Mail and what you're doing, and the um, the survival mentality that you've come to the company with, and and what you've done in sort of transitioning it. And I am. Uh, I'm cheering for you as you go forward and all the stuff ahead and the, the world you live in is is interesting and dynamic all the time. So continued success with what you're doing. We'll keep watching you and uh, let us know as things change.
2: Thank you very much. It was a pleasure.
0: Okay, thank you. Wow, that was great. Man, very interesting. And uh, like I said I think earlier, I can't even remember if I said this, but I wanted to talk to Sarah because I felt like it would open our eyes up to new opportunities and possibilities to see what other people are doing, uh, not really truly in our world, but really doing the same kind of activities we do in just a completely different way. And I hope you found something of value in that conversation. I know I did. So a big thanks to Sarah for being on the show today. Right. And yes, I guess ultimately thanks to you too, Dr. Evil. Thanks for gracing us with your presence. Hey, and a special thanks to our exclusive sponsor, O'Neill Software. Did you know that O'Neill Software is pretty much everywhere? They provide regional coverage and support that includes the Americas, Europe, the Middle East, and Africa, as well as Asia Pacific. As over a thousand clients will attest to, they have reliable software and a team of experts dedicated to keeping it that way. That's the kind of technical support and customer service you can count on. Learn more about them at ONeilsoft.com.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, I'm about to travel through time. I bid you adieu. I'm okay. Oh. I'm okay.
3: Huh.
1: Not turned on, I suppose
0: right well okay evil you need to go and so does your time machine and Nate, hey, to the rest of you we'll talk to you next week we are out of here
3: thanks for joining us on the rim pro report with tom adams if you enjoyed the show please tell others
2: Our website is www.rimproreport.com.
3: Where you can find show archives and a whole lot more. This broadcast is produced and hosted by Flourish Press Incorporated.
2: Join us again soon.